It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Yankees, your daily New York Yankees podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're listening to the Locked On Yankees podcast, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Stacey Gotsoulias. You can find us on Twitter at Locked On Yankees, all one word. You can find me on Twitter at Stace Gotts. Please feel free to tweet questions or comments to either account. If you're a new listener, hello and welcome. If you're a returning listener, welcome back. I hope you all enjoy today's episode. So I was right, DJ LeMahieu did not win MVP. Not a big deal. At least he won the batting title. Um, But the big news around baseball has to do with the Miami Marlins. And there is a Yankee connection, and I will tell you all about it. But first, you can get Locked On Yankees and all other Locked On podcasts straight to your phone in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. And when you get into your car, you can tell your smart device to play podcast, Locked On Yankees. Last night, the MVP awards were given out for both the AL and the NL, and congratulations to Jose Abreu of the White Sox and Freddie Freeman of the Braves for winning those MVP awards. They're both first-time winners, so that's very exciting. And they both earned it, honestly. I mentioned on this show two weeks ago, I believe, while the playoffs were still happening, about how impressed I was with Freddie Freeman, because I don't really see him that much, because the Yankees aren't regular rivals of the Braves, and we got to see him a little more this season, and he's a really good player. Jose Abreu, we've known, has been good for a while, and it's good to see him finally get recognition. So again, congrats to both of them on winning the MVP. Yes, it was a bummer that DJ LeMahieu lost, but I wasn't really expecting him to win. And again, he won the batting title, so that's cool. So let's get to the most important news of the day, which has nothing to do with the Yankees currently, but has to do with them in the past. The Miami Marlins made Kim Eng general manager. This is a historic day in Major League Baseball. Kim Eng has been around for more than 30 years. She worked for the White Sox from 1990 to 1996. She was an assistant GM for Brian Cashman with the Yankees from 98 to 2001. She worked with the Dodgers from 2002 to 2011. And she worked in the MLB commissioner's office from 2011 to 2020. So there's eight postseason appearances, six league championship series, three World Series championships. She becomes the highest ranking woman in baseball operations among the 30 MLB teams and is believed to be the first woman hired to the general manager position by any of the professional men's sports teams in the North American major leagues. So again, this is a really big deal. And not only because she's a woman, because she's an Asian American woman. So this is what Kim Eng had to say. I entered Major League Baseball as an intern, and after decades of determination, it is the honor of my career to lead the Miami Marlins as their next general manager. We are building for the long term in South Florida, developing a forward-thinking, collaborative, creative baseball operation made up of incredibly talented and dedicated staff 
who have over the last few years laid a great foundation for success. This challenge is one I don't take lightly. When I got into the business, it seemed unlikely a woman would lead a Major League Baseball team, but I am dogged in the pursuit of my goals. My goal is now to bring championship baseball to Miami. I am both humbled and eager to continue building the winning culture our fans expect and deserve. I personally am psyched about this. I've been wanting Kim Ng to become a GM probably since the mid-2000s. It's about goddamn time. It took way too long. Too many teams passed her over. She is interviewed for the Mariners GM position, the Padres GM position, the Angels GM position, and the San Francisco Giants GM position. She was passed over each time. And this is a stat that annoys me as a woman and as a feminist. Yes, I'm one of those. She was hired to be the Yankees assistant GM at 29 years old. It took until four days before her 52nd birthday for her to become a GM. And just so you know, Brian Cashman was 31 when he became GM of the Yankees. Theo Epstein was 28 when he became GM of the Red Sox. So again, this is well-deserved. I know there are going to be men out there who think she's not qualified, but she's more qualified than most of the guys who beat her out in the GM jobs that I just mentioned she went for. So stick that in your pipe and smoke it. Rob Manfred put out a statement, says, All of us at Major League Baseball are thrilled for Kim and the opportunity she has earned with the Marlins. Kim's appointment makes history in all of professional sports and sets a significant example for the millions of women and girls who love baseball and softball. The hard work, leadership, and record of achievement throughout her long career in the national pastime led to this outcome, and we wish Kim all the best as she begins her career with the Marlins. Derek Jeter put out a statement, obviously, because he helped hire... Kim Eng. On behalf of principal owner Bruce Sherman and our entire ownership group, we look forward to Kim bringing a wealth of knowledge and championship level experience to the Miami Marlins. Her leadership of our baseball operations team will play a major role on our path towards sustained success. Additionally, her extensive work in expanding youth baseball and softball initiatives will enhance our efforts to grow the game among our local youth as we continue to make a positive impact on the South Florida community. It is important to note that Eng is replacing Mike Hill, who is African-American and Cuban, and has worked with the Marlins since 2002, and he was their GM from the end of the 2013 season until October. He recently interviewed for the Mets' open GM position. So again, this is a big deal. The Marlins have a history of hiring minorities, which is pretty cool, but I'm still annoyed that it took until 2020 for the glass ceiling to be broken. Hopefully when the second ever woman GM is hired, they're not four days away from their 52nd birthday. In a moment, we'll be looking back at a game that I was reminded of last night thanks to an account on Twitter. And it's an interesting game because it was one I was supposed to go to but didn't attend. There's a reason for it. I'll let you know, but first, it's time for me to gush about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. It comes in 18 amazing flavors. There are six new ones, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, lemon almond cheesecake, and apple almond crisp. Out of the 12 original flavors, mint brownie, salted caramel, and coconut almond are my top three. 
Every bar is covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and they're easy to chew. Built Bar is great for the health conscious person. Whether you want to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat, bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and they're great for the keto diet. Go to BuiltBar.com right now and use the promo code Locked On, and you'll get 20% off your next order. And that means next order. It doesn't need to be your first order. It could be your 50th. Again, use the promo code Locked On for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. There's an account on Twitter, Yankee Throwback, and they show throwback videos, and they're mostly random, and last night they happened to show a video from June 13th, 2004. I know, Yankee fans don't like mentioning that year with good reason, but since this happened before all of that nonsense happened, we're going to talk about it. So it was a Sunday afternoon. The Yankees were playing the Padres in a weekend series at Yankee Stadium. And this would have been a game that I attended. But that Thursday, I found out that a close friend of mine from my college years passed away unexpectedly. And I attended her funeral that Sunday. And I was so emotionally drained from being at the funeral that I fell asleep during this game. And when I fell asleep, the Yankees were losing 2-0 in the eighth inning. So let's go through everything because you know I love going through the lineups and who the starters are, especially because this game took place 16 years ago. So you know there are going to be fun names on both rosters. So San Diego, Sean Burrows, Mark Loretta, Brian Giles, Phil Nevin, Jay Payton, Jeff Cirillo, Ramon Hernandez, Terrence Long, Khalil Green, your starter that day for the Padres, David Wells. For the Yankees, Bernie Williams, Derek Jeter, Alex Rodriguez, Gary Sheffield, Jason Giambi, Jorge Posada, Hideki Matsui, Tony Clark. Oh, Miguel Cairo. Sorry, I didn't see him at the very end. And your starter, Javi Vasquez. Yes, this was his second time around. So, um, although he didn't do badly this game. He pitched eight innings, gave up the two runs on six hits, didn't walk anyone, struck out eight, and he gave up a home run to Khalil Green in the third inning. So let's see. They scored that one run in the third, then they scored Terrence Long hit a double in the top of the seventh. Jeff Cirillo was on base, so he scored, and it was two nothing Padres. In the bottom of the ninth, Trevor Hoffman comes in. You assume, okay, the game's over because it's Trevor Hoffman. Jason Giambi hit a fly out to center field. Jorge Posada struck out looking. Hideki Matsui on a 2-0 pitch hit a home run to deep right field to make it 2-1. Then Joe Torre pinch hits Kenny Lofton for Tony Clark. That was another thing that was happening last night when that video was being passed around on Twitter. A lot of people were saying, wait, Kenny Lofton was on the Yankees? Yes, he was on the Yankees in 2004. People don't remember that because, as I said at the top of this segment, we don't like talking about that year, so we forgot about a lot of stuff that happened that year. So anyway, Kenny Lofton comes in to pinch hit for Tony Clark, 
And on a 2-1 pitch, he hits a home run to deep right field to tie the game. So the 10th inning is quiet. The 11th inning is quiet. The top of the 12th happens. Britt Prins comes in to replace Paul Quantrill. Ramon Hernandez hits a single. Terrence Long grounds out. Khalil Green hits a single. Sean Burroughs walks. Then Mark Loretta hits a fly ball that's a sack fly and scores long. So it's 3-2 Padres. Brian Giles comes up. Felix Heredia replaces Brett Prins. And back then I used to refer to Felix Heredia as Joe Torre's no-neck boyfriend because Joe Torre loved Felix Heredia. That I do remember from those days. And it felt like he put him in games too many times. Yeah, he gave up a single to Brian Giles that scored Green and Burroughs. Giles made it to third on a bad throw. So it's 5-2 Padres at that point. Xavier Nady comes in to pinch hit for Kerry Robinson. Heredia gets him to line out. So it's 5-2 going into the bottom of the 12th. Here's some fun facts. Rod Beck comes in. He walks Bernie Williams, gives up a double to Derek Jeter. Alex Rodriguez hits a ground out, but Bernie Williams scores on that ground out. Gary Sheffield hits a single. Jeter makes it to third. Jason Giambi hits a single that scores Jeter. Sheffield makes it to third. Jay Watasek comes in to replace Rod Beck. Jorge Posada hits a ground rule double that scores Sheffield. Giambi has to stay at third. Hideki Matsui is intentionally walked. And Ruben Sierra hits a sack fly off Jay Watasek to win the game. Giambi scores. It's 6-5. Now, I fell asleep in the eighth inning. The Yankees were down 2 nothing. As I said, I was emotionally exhausted, as one would be attending a funeral of a 28-year-old. But while I was sleeping... I dreamt that the Yankees came back and won the game in extra innings. In my dream, they won 3-2. When I woke up and saw that they won 6-5, I wondered what the hell happened (laughs) while I was sleeping. Because as I said, when I went to sleep, it was 2-0. So yeah, that that was a game. And even funnier, I fell asleep with the game on. So I was probably hearing things while I was dreaming. So it's kind of odd that I didn't dream that they won 6-5. But anyway... It's funny how your subconscious works. But some of those names, Jay Wittasek, Rod Beck, you have David Wells coming back to Yankee Stadium after the way they got rid of him, and he's thinking he's winning this game because why would you not think you're going to win? Trevor Hoffman is coming in. And then he blows it. So yeah, that was quite a game back on June 13th, 2004. I love random games like that. I love when they're brought up. I love when you see video of them. And you think to yourself, oh, yeah, either you remember where you were, you remember if you were at the game. God, I love baseball so much. So that's it for this episode of Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'd like to remind you that you can subscribe to the show in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. And when you get into your car, you can tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Yankees. One more thing, if you could be so kind, please rate the podcast and spread the word about this podcast to your fellow Yankee fans. We would really appreciate it. Enjoy your weekend, and I will talk to you all on Monday.
Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.